0: Good morning. This is the June nineteenth recording of the Congregation at Prayer Daily Devotional Podcast. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. All rec- all scripture readings are taken from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible, and all hymns and liturgy is taken from Lutheran Service Book. That we begin the first hymn that we will be singing is "O God, My Faithful God," which is found in Lutheran Service Book hymn. 696.
1: Lord, let me win my foes with kindly words and actions, and let me find good friends for counsel and correction. Help me as you have taught to love both great and small, than by your Spirit's might to live in peace with all. Let me depart this life confiding in my Saviour, By grace receive my soul that it may live forever and let my body have a quiet resting place within a Christian grave and let it sleep in peace. And on the final day, when all the dead are waking, stretch out your mighty hand my deathly slumber-breaking then let me hear your voice redeem this earthly frame and bid me to rejoice with those who love your name
0: in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen From thence you will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The introduction to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father the verse of the week is second corinthians 6 verses 1 through 2 working together with him then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The psalm of the week is psalm number one.
1: Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree Planted by the streams of water, that yields its fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither, in all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the shaft that the wind drives away therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish
0: the first reading of the day is Proverbs, chapter 22, verses 1 through 21. It writes, A good name is to be chosen chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The reward for humility and fear of Yahweh is riches in honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of his fury will fail. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. Drive out a scoffer, and strife will go out, and quarreling and abuse will cease. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the traitor. The sluggard says there is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. The mouth of forbidden women is a deep pit. He he with whom the Lord is angry will fall into it. Folly is bound up. In the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth, or gives to the rich, will only come to poverty. Incline your ear, and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips. That your trust may be in Yahweh, I have made them known to you today, even to you. Have I not written for you thirty sayings of counsel and knowledge, to make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The catechetical reading or the confessional writing of the day is taken from Article article 4 of the Augsburg Confession concerning justification. It writes, Also they teach, the confessors, they teach that the men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith, when they believe that they are received into favor, and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death has made satisfaction for our sins. This faith God imputes for righteousness in his sight. The the primary reading for the day is taken from Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 33, where Mark writes, And they, Jesus and his disciples, came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, What are you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, for everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourself and be at peace with one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there's three major sections in today's reading. So it begins with Jesus, the disciples ask this question. Who amongst us is the greatest? And to which Jesus brings out a child. He says, whoever receives one child in my name receives me. So basically, and so even going a little bit backwards, he says, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all which is actually jesus subtly telling them that he is the greatest not them he is the one who is servant of all and he is leading laying out the example the model for us that we are to be a servant to all that is who the greatest is the greatest is not the one who has fancy clothing, fancy car, fancy house. The greatest is not the athlete who's making millions of dollars to make baskets or score touchdowns. The greatest is not the one who makes incredible movies or has stars in them. The greatest is not even the politician. It's not the president or the senator or the, the representative or the governor, necessarily. The the greatest is the one who is least of all, who is last of all. The greatest is the one who is servant of all. That's where it is. It's not in what you have. It's not in your position. It is in your servanthood that greatness is to be found. And see, the thing is, is you think, well, so you're great based upon your works? No, quite on the contrary. Because you see, the one who is fully servant of all, the one who serves more than anyone else, is the one who has the greatest faith. For being a servant of all is proof and evidence. Of the great faith of that man for it is from faith that all service all good work comes verse 38 kind of continues with this he says teaching we teacher we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us which by the way right there they say he was not following us now i think maybe innocently they're thinking jesus is included but really are they're more likely thinking themselves they think hey we're the disciples of jesus they just got done talking about who's the greatest amongst them and so you can see their egos started to fly a little bit and it makes sense because chapter nine we didn't read i didn't do a podcast on this and just as a note I'm not going to do any podcasts On Saturday or Sunday Generally speaking But At the beginning of the chapter Was the Mount to Transfiguration They saw Jesus transfi- Well Peter, James, and John Saw Jesus Transfigured before them They saw a sight that no one Had ever seen Before or since then And So they're kind of starting to feel a little high on themselves. Which is why they're saying, who's the greatest amongst us? So there's starting to be a little ego, a little bit of pride flowing through their hearts. And then here, you know, they are complaining that someone is not following them. Well, the problem is, is that this person is casting out demons in Jesus' name, which means... They are following Jesus which is who they're supposed to be following because at the moment now normally this there's, there's there's a level of truth to following the disciples but only in so far as the disciples are following Jesus because by following the disciples you are following Jesus this is the same thing with any teacher any preacher you follow them in so far as they are following Jesus. If they start teaching something that is not in accord with Scripture, not in accord with what Christ has taught, you go. You don't. You don't follow them at that point in that moment. All right. So yes, we follow. Te- we are followers of many people. We're students. We're, we're disciples, so to speak of a variety of people but the thing is is if we f- so like if we you go wherever you're a ch- you're a member at wherever you go to church on a small level you are a disciple of that pastor you are learning from him you are following him and but hopefully the pastor is preaching what is in accord with scripture which is with he is teaching what christ taught so that by following that pastor you are ultimately following christ but because every pastor is ultimately sinful he's fallen he will stumble and fail at times and in those moments you are not to be following the pastor but still following christ all right so that's the issue here, is the disciples are not catching that as long as they are confessing Jesus, you're supposed to be giving thanks to God for it, not cursing it. And then verse, this is the last section. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So this last part, there's, again, kind of two or three major statements in here from Jesus. Um, the first one, so whoever causes one of these little ones to, who believe in me to sin, this, that's the very ha- high um, challenge of everybody that has children in their lives, whether it is in the role as teacher, whether it is in the role as parent, Whatever it is, I mean, next week we're going to be doing Vacation Bible School. And, you know, that's one of the things that is always a challenge, is finding a good Vacation Bible School curriculum. Now, as a pastor, I'm a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And I'm a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod because I believe what we teach. And it is in accord with what I would confess and so the thing is, is that what we use is cu- for curriculum, whether it be Sunday school, vacation Bible school, you know, midweek, whatever, especially when it comes to children, we have to be extremely careful about what we teach. And right here in verse 42, Jesus gives a very stern warning Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him. A great millstone were hung around his neck and he would throw it into the sea. Which means if we are, inten- we are teaching something that we know is not sound teaching that causes a child for even a moment or a few moments to follow another teaching other than that which is taught in scripture, then we are doing these very things that Jesus is warning against. That is why churches cannot be flippant about what they use for curriculum. Just because it's entertaining and engaging doesn't make it good. Because if you're engaging them with something that has falsehood in it, it makes it all the more dangerous, which means you're doubly so leading children into sin one of these little ones who believe in Jesus, to sin. So teachers, educators, especially within the church, have a high task, a high calling. Do not lead children to sin, which is what false teaching does. This is why, I mean, yes, I would like for it to be engaging. I want it to have, you know, to catch the child's, children's attention, but not at the cost of truth. We are not, You don't pick something just because it's entertaining. You pick something because it expresses the truth of Scripture. This is one of the reasons why we as a con- our congregation pretty much doesn't do anything for children's ministry unless it's made by Concordia Publishing House. I mean, there's exceptions here and there, but generally that's what we do because we do not want to open the door to these problems. So now I say that fully aware that Concordia Publishing House is not 100% innocent, that it doesn't ever have bad stuff. But I'm going to have, I trust it more than some of the, than the other publishing companies. And Jesus continues here. He says, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off it is better for, so he does this whole thing if your hand causes you to sin your foot um, cut it your eye cut them off throw them out put put in the fire so is, is Jesus being serious here does he really saying that if your eye your hand your foot your ear whatever if it causes you to sin you should throw it out yeah he is being serious but here is the, the catch. Does your eye actually cause you to sin? Or your foot or your hand? No. None of these things cause you to sin. In fact, in the Gospel of Mark, only a couple chapters earlier, Jesus told us, where the cause of sin comes from it comes not from the hand or the eye or the ear or the nose or the tongue none of those places rather it comes from another source listen to what Jesus said in mark 7 verse 20 he said what comes out of a person is what defiles him for from within out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery coveting wickedness deceit sensuality envy slander pride foolishness all these evil things come from within and they defile a person so in other words it is the heart that is corrupt the heart is the thing that causes you to sin Not your eyes, not your ears. This is why even, you know, your heart, people say, well, you have a good heart. No, actually, according to Jesus, you don't have a good heart. Your heart is vile. Your heart is polluted. It is defiled. And it is the very thing that defiles you. That's why even there's a a wonderful story written by Bo Geertz. The book is called um, The Hammer of God. And towards the beginning of it, he has this, there's this conversation between an older pastor and a younger pastor. And the old, the younger pastor who says, talks about giving your heart to Jesus, to which the older, wiser pastor says, why would you give that old tin can thing to him? No, he's as if your heart is worth anything, and it isn't. It is the root of all of your sin, is your inner being. And so, so Jesus is saying, he it actually is pretty much telling you that since your heart is the thing that causes you to sin, you are to pluck it out. But here's the problem. You pluck out your heart, you're dead. So Jesus is, is Jesus saying that in order to be saved, to be good, to keep yourself from the fires of hell, that you must die? Yeah, you must. But the thing is, he's not saying that you gotta go commit suicide. Rather, he's saying that you go to the waters of baptism. Romans 8 tells us that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. In other words, when you are baptized, you are buried with Christ. You die in baptism. See, in other words, and the thing is, is baptism is not a one-day thing. It's not something that just happened one time when you were a kid, and boom, you're done, you've been baptized. No, if you ever read in Scripture? Scripture, whenever it talks about baptism, it quite often speaks in... um, The present tense, but passive. So whoever is baptized shall be saved. It's is. It's like it's an ongoing thing. So baptism is done to you. You're you're, you're passive. You receive baptism. It's not your work. It's always talked about is, is baptized, was baptized, has been baptized, is. It's always in the passive. But the thing is, it's also quite often spoken in the active, in the present, not in the active, but in the present tense. Meaning that, um, you know, it's ongoing. You're not just, it's not that you were baptized, you are baptized. You daily wake to a new life. You daily, every day you wake... You're supposed to wake in remembrance of your baptism. That's why as we began today, I said in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is remembrance of your baptism. That you have been buried in Christ and made alive, made a new creature in Him. So we daily remember our baptism. We remember when we wake up, when we go to sleep. All right? Because... We needed that burial. We need that burial to be new, to be cleansed. So, all right. So then in verse 50, at the very end, it says, and be at peace with one another. Peace is not just getting along, all right? Peace means being of one mind. This is something that's consistent in the Gospels. It's this desire of unity, of oneness. This does not mean that we unify and we become one church just for the sake of becoming one church. That is fake peace. That is fake unity. That's where you're pretending everything is nice and neat when in reality in your hearts, in your minds, you are divided as can be, but no one's talking about it. You're pretending that you're unified, but in reality you are at odds with one another. That's not peace. That is is a covert war. Peace is where you actually are of one mind. And peace can only be found in the single common confession of Christ as Lord. So it is with that, we continue. Uh, Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. that you kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil. That all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me. That the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The, the hymn of the week is hymn f- number 500. Creator Spirit by whose aid
1: create spirit by whose aid the world's foundations first were laid come visit every humble mind come pour your joys on humankind from sin and sorrow set us free May we, your living temples, be. O oh, source of uncreated light, <laughs> O oh, source of uncreated light, The bearer of God's gracious might, Thrice holy fowl, thy holy fire. Our hearts with heavenly love inspire your sacred healing message bring to sanctify us as we sing. Giver of grace descend from high your sinful gift gifts to us supply. Help us eternal truths receive and practice all that we believe. Give us Yourself that we may see the glory of the Trinity. Immortal honor, endless fame, attend the mighty Father's name. The Savior's Son be glorified, who for all humankind has died. To you, O Paraclete, we raise unending songs of thanks and praise.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you His peace. Amen. Thank you to <clears throat> you. This has been a recording of the Congregation at Prayer Daily Devotional Podcast. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am a pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Ida Grove, Iowa. This has been, a rec- and this is all. Scripture and hymns have been taken from Lutheran service book, and the, or liturgy and hymns, and all scripture has been taken from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. Thank you, and God bless.